This is Daf Pezayin in Masechet Eruvin. We're going to start on Pevav Amudbet, five lines from the bottom with the last word. Amar Rabba Rabba said Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Chanan Yabra Kavya Amru Davar Echad Rabba said that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Chanan Yabra Kavya basically said the same thing. Rabbi Yehuda had said earlier that a wall that is suspended over a body of water can be considered as closing off that body of water even though it doesn't come all the way down to the level of the water, even though it's suspended above it. So he says that Rabbi Yehuda ben Akaviyah says the same thing. Rabbi Yehuda had the Amaran, Rabbi Yehuda, that's what we said above. Rabbi Yehuda ben Akaviyah, what is the case of Rabbi Yehuda ben Akaviyah that is similar to or identical to what Rabbi Yehuda said? It should say, Ditanya, Rabbi Yehuda ben Akaviyah, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda ben Akaviyah says, if you have a 4x4 four four Amah balcony that is over a body of water, then it's 4x4 four four Amot, it's 16 square Amot, you make a hole in it that is 4x4, four four, and you can lower a bucket from that and gather water, draw water from the water below. Maybe that's not true. Maybe Rabbi Yehuda doesn't agree with Rabbi Hanadiah ben Akaviyah because Rabbi Hanadiah ben Akaviyah has the concept that basically when you have this horizontal board of, uh, that is hanging out from the, uh, from the apartment, we imagine as if it bends downward. The four sides of the, that are actually horizontal are bending downward as if they were vertical and creating four walls that enclose the body of water below. Maybe Rabbi Yehuda is willing to say that a, that a wall extends downward when the wall is vertical, but he might not be willing to say that a horizontal board or plank can be seen as having its edges bent downwards and become vertical. And it could be that Rabbi Hanariah also only had this concept that a horizontal board could be considered an enclosure of the water below with regard to the Sea of Tiberia. Because there are all kinds of other enclosures because all along that body of water there are already embankments and cities and other enclosures that surround it and therefore it's not really open. It really is already enclosed. So therefore the fact that your plank, you're imagining that this flat board is extending downwards uh, is not such a novelty. It's not so radical because really the body of water below is already enclosed. Nobody might not say that anywhere else, this concept. So you can't necessarily say that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Hananiah ben Akavya would agree. Because maybe Rabbi Hananiah ben Akavya only impl- applies his leniency in a case where the body of water is already enclosed. And maybe Rabbi Yehuda only applies the leniency that a vertical wall extends downward. But he wouldn't ad- agree with the idea of Rabbi Hananiah that a horizontal plank could be considered to extend downward. That if you had, a, according to this concept of Rabbi Hanan Rabbi Akavya, that we can envision a horizontal board as if its edges are bent downward, creating a, uh, as if it were folded downward like a cardboard, like a flattened cardboard, um, and that we folded the sides downward to create almost a box. This concept uh, could apply in the following uh, circumstance that if this flat plank were close to the wall, but three tfachim, just with just a little bit less than three tfachim away from the wall of the actual building, so then it, it only has to be four amot in length, which is twenty-four tfachim, and it has to be eleven and a little bit more uh, tfachim in width. Okay. Now the reason is because basically we would say, uh, Rashi explains that the 
the the less than three tvachim that separate the wall of the ha- of the building from the board account towards first of all the the hole that is for drawing water. And we would make an indent in the board as well. We would cut an indent into the board as well to, so that there are four full tfachim of uh, water hole. And the building's wall counts as one of the walls that extends downward. And then we only need to fold over, so to speak, the other three sides of the board. We don't need the fourth side that is adjacent to the building. We only need the other um, three. And therefore, what will happen is since we need to have a, uh, a certain minimum measurement of, uh, of wood in between. So the, the, we have the opening in between, and then we have a folding over of the sides, and we'll still have, even if we um, fold downwards on the four sides, we'll still have a significant enough uh, amount of board that is flat and that is intact to say that there's a board there and there are walls extending downwards. And zukufa, if it's haita zukufa, if it were up, if it were vertical instead of horizontal, and, and this means that we have a vertical board that is near the wall of the house and we want to uh, lower a bucket from the window, let's say, of the house downwards. So it says actually gova asrat fachim. So that board has to be 11 fachim high, vuchba. And it has to be six tvachim wide and uh, a little bit and two mashua, two uh, and a little bit more. Now the concept there is that again, you would place it um, not too far from the uh, from the uh, wall itself, such that there would be a four tefach opening ultimately between the wall of the house and the um, and the uh, and the board. And then, and that's where you're going to draw the water from. And then we're going to fold inward the two sides of the board that, of the vertical board. We're going to bend them inward, the left side and the right side of it, so that they are curved in towards the house, facing the house. So, you, and you'll still have four tefachim across because you have a six tefach width board, and you're going to fold a, a tefach and a little bit more on either side towards the house. The reason why it has to be a tefach and a little bit more is because you have to have um, otherwise, it won't be a. Uh, it has to end within three tefachim of the wall in front of it. So you would need, and and you have to be more than three tefachim away in this case because you have to have four tefachim of opening for the water to be drawn. So in other words, this board that's vertical has to be actually physically four tefachim away from the uh, from the wall of the house. But then you're imagining that it's that it's that it's actually being bent inward. On either side, that bending inward is going to be um, a tefach and a little bit more on each side, so so that that imaginary bending will end within three tefachim of the actual wall. It will be considered enclosed on the right and the left side, and having an opening in between of four tefachim, and that will create four walls for you to draw water from the uh, fr- from the uh, the body of water below. So the difference here being that you're using a vertical board that its sides are bending inward towards the house, rather than a horizontal board where you are using the, again, the house as one of the walls, but you're bending the edges downward in the, in the previous case. Here you're bending the, the uh, a vertical board inward Towards the towards the house instead of downward towards the body of water. If you had a board that was in the corner, so you have 
In other words, the corner of the building, the building has um, uh, two pe- perpendicular walls. So then you're going to, uh, you go to that corner and you're going to put your board there. So again, since it's a vertical board, it's going to have to be 10 tvachim high in order to create what's defined as a wall on that side. And it needs to have a thickness of two tvachim and two mashud, meaning two tvachim plus this time. Now the reason is going to be because you can place that board within. If you place the board parallel, obviously, to one of the walls of this corner and perpendicular to the other one. So the one that it is perpendicular to, it's going to, uh, you're going to have it just a uh, distant enough from the uh, from that wall that you can ex- you can you can have the concept of lavud. You can have the concept uh, that it that it's attached. So it's going to be within three tvachim of that um, of that uh, wall, and then the other side of the board, which is parallel to the second wall, you're going to curve inward towards the wall. So what are you going to do? You're going to have again a tefach and a tiny bit more is going to have to be there. Uh, bent in towards one wall, and you're going to need the remaining tefach and a little bit more that is physically actually facing the other wall. That way you have four tefachim of space enclosed, and you have four walls. Two walls are created by the corner of the actual physical building, and then one wall is created by the by the um, the width basically of the board because the board is standing up. So it's the width of the board that is close enough to that wall that it's going to use the principle of lavud. It's going to use the principle of uh, that less than three tefachim is considered enclosed, but it's going to be uh, creating a um, uh, you know create so that's going to create one wall and then on the other side you're going to fold in imaginarily fold in the other side towards the wall that it's parallel to but um, even after folding it in it's going to have to be close enough to seal off the spot to seal off the space so, but in total you're going to have to have um, four by four tefachim in that corner in total because you have to have a four tefach space in which to draw the water. So that's the, these are different ways that we can use our imagination to envision a board being more than its actual dimensions by bending its sides. But what about the brighter that we learned? So what case then do you need four by four amot? Because all of these cases you need so much less because you just put it within the wall, within a certain distance of the wall and you use the principle of lavud to imagine that those walls are sealed off or they're connected or one is bent and it's bent sideways, it's bent downwards. So what, when do you ever need the board, the plank, to be four by four amot. You never need the board to be four by four amot. So when would that be? So it says, The only case where you would need that is when it's made like a mortar. A mortar is the flat um, uh, surface that you crush spices on and things like that. And the idea is that if instead of being attached to the wall, it is standing kind of on, on pillars in the or on stilts, over the water, so it doesn't have the benefit of being close enough to the building itself to uh, extend its walls or extend its dimensions using using lavud. So in that case, you're going to need a full four by four ama um, uh, uh, flat board because you're going to have to bend envision that um, a, a full 
amount of wall is bent downwards on each of the four sides because you can't benefit from, you cannot utilize the, um, the wall of the building at all because it's too far away from the building. So therefore you're going to need 10 tfachim being uh, bent downwards on each of the four sides. And if you're going to bend 10 tfachim on each of the four sides, then unless you have a full 24 uh, tfachim in, uh, you know, square, meaning the uh, four ama square, so then you're not, which is the same as 24 tfachim square, then after you bend 20 tfachim in either direction, meaning 10 tfachim on each side, bent downwards, so then all you're going to have is four tfachim in the center. So that's what you need it to be, um, four by four amot in that case, or 24 tfachim by 24 tfachim, because when you bend down 10 tfachim on each of the four sides, you'll still have left four by four tfachim in the center. That's the idea. But again, we're not talking about that you actually bend this horizontal board. We're just talking about using our imagination as if it were bent down. Now the next Mishnah says, If you have a channel of water that is passing through a courtyard, you cannot fill water from it on Shabbat. Unless you put up a wall uh, that is 10 tfachim high at the entrance and at the exit, meaning where it comes into the courtyard or where it exits the courtyard to coordinate off from the rest of the body of water that's outside of the courtyard. You don't need a separate wall, says Rabbi Yehuda, to enclose this body of water, but simply the fact that it we have a wall around the courtyard itself is enough. There was a place called Avil that had a channel of water, a canal of water going through it. And they used to draw water from there with the rabbi's permission on Shabbat and nobody said anything. That was because it was a very narrow or a very shallow channel. It wasn't large enough to qualify for this rule. But if the, if the channel was large enough that it could be a karmelit, that it's 10 tfachim deep and it's 4 tfachim uh, square uh, in its dimensions, in its area, so then... You need this special enclosure to allow you to draw water from it. The rabbi, so the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, Asula Baknisa, Vlasuba Yitzia. If you put this, uh, an enclosure on one side where the, where the channel of water comes into the, uh, comes into the courtyard, but not where it exits, or vice versa, so then you cannot draw water from it on Shabbat, unless you um, enclose it, and you put a wall both at the entrance and the exit. Rabbi Yehuda said that you don't need to put a separate wall on either end of the stream, it's enough to rely on the walls of the courtyard. And again, this is uh, similar to what we saw in the Mishnah, that there was a situation with a canal of water that went from Avil to Tzipori, and they used to draw water from it according to the uh, the instruction of the rabbis, even though they didn't make a special enclosure. Amolo, they said to him, Misham is that really a proof? That's because it was not 10 Tzvachim deep and 4 Tzvachim wide, and therefore it didn't have the dimensions of a Karmelit, and that's why it wasn't a problem to draw water from it. If you have a channel of water that is passing between the windows, the windows of an apartment building, if it is less than 3, and we're going to see what this means, less than 3, what's less than 3 Tzvachim? You can lower down a bucket, and you can draw water from it, from your window, um, and draw it back up. Uh, however, Gimel in Mishal but if it is three Tvachim, and if it's less than three Tvachim, it's okay, but if it's three Tvachim or more, you cannot lower your bucket to draw water from it. So, 
Umimale. Dalid Imishli Umimale Rabban Shmamagamil says that no, it's four Tvachim is the cutoff. So up to four Tvachim you can still lower your bucket and draw water, but more than that you cannot. So the question is Bimayaskina, what are we talking about here? If you're saying that they're talking about the channel itself, the body of water itself that's coming into this courtyard in, in between the windows of the building. If we're talking about that, so so what about the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said that according to Rabbi Dimi, when he came from Israel, he said that Rabbi Yochanan said that a Karmelit has to be at least four Tvachim. So definitely if it's three Tvachim, the rabbis are saying three Tvachim, you wouldn't be able to draw water from it. But why? If this channel of water is only three Tvachim, it's still not a Karmelit. You should be able to draw the water, right? So maybe it's really a Machloket Tanaim, and maybe that's the whole point here. Maybe the rabbis say that three Tvachim is already a Karmelit. And Rabbi Shavu Ben Gamliel says no. And that's why Rabbi Shabbat Gamliel says you can have even a three tefach body of water that you draw water from. And the rabbis say, no, once it's three tefachim, it's no good. Right? So the, so the, uh, it says, maybe he said his teaching, taking the position of only one of the opinions here. And, uh, because really the rabbis would say that, uh, that three tefachim, is, uh, you know, how could, so you're saying that Rabbi Yochanan was taking a position on this. Rabbi Yochanan was taking the position of Rabban Shabbat Gamliel, not the rabbis. And he was agreeing with them. But, but, so, but, but that would be difficult because that Rabbi Yochanan said in another context that if you have a, a, a place that is less than four by four tfachim, it's considered makom petur. And therefore, it's considered an exempt area, and therefore you can take things from it to the Rishut HaYechid, or from it to the Rishut HaRabim, and it's no problem. Meaning you can, if you are walking, if there's a, a, a location like that, that's less than four, by, four, by Fort Fachim, that borders the Rishut HaRabim and the Rishut HaYechid, people in the Rishut HaRabim can place their things on it, people in the Rishut HaYechid can place their things on it, as long as they don't switch and have somebody from the Rishut HaYechid put something down on it, and then somebody from the Rishut HaRabim take it, that wouldn't be allowed. But simply using it, they can both use it. So here, what are we doing? We're putting, we're taking water out of this amatamaim, out of this channel, this canal of water that is three tvachim. It's less than four tvachim, so it should be allowed because makom You see from here that Rabbi, Yochan, Rabbi Yochanan does not hold that uh, a three tefach uh, location would be a makom um, I'm sorry, it does not hold that a uh, that a three tefach location would be a karmelit. That's for sure. Right, because we saw before that he said in Kabbalit but he said that if it's not a uh, that if it is a small area, then you should not be able to move things back and forth from it. So then here too we should say that you can't draw water from this Amatamaim and bring it into the house. Right? You shouldn't be allowed to. So Rashi says, Even though it's a makompetur, you wouldn't be able to do this. You wouldn't be able to bring water from it into the Rashut Hayechit. So the answer is, Over there we're talking about Rashut Hayechit. We're talking about domains that are Deoraita, and that's why you can't switch like that. Here we're talking about it's only rabbinic. Moving something from makompetur to the Chatzir. Okay, or moving things from a chater to a chater, these are only rabbinic, and therefore he's going to be more lenient. So moving something from a reshut yachid to a makom petur, and from a petur to a reshut rabim would not be allowed. But moving something from a reshut yachid, the makom petur, into the uh, the um, uh, into the reshut uh, yachid would be okay. 
Right, and I skipped two words here, I realized, because it said, I didn't translate that, because meaning that according to this interpretation, the way that Rabbi Yochanan would understand the case is that the person lowered their bucket, took water out of the Amatamayim, which is a, uh, which is, would be considered uh, to be not a, um, a, uh, a Karmelit, because it's less than, uh, then three tfachim, but then he placed it ba'agafe. He he rested his bucket on the carmelite. He rested his bucket on the banks of the uh, of the canal. The the um, and that's where it said that's where the where the discussion was. In other words, when you're talking it, when you're speaking about the body of water itself, that's a carmelite. But the banks on the side, that's where Rabban Shabbat ben Gamliel and the rabbis were arguing. That Rabban Shabbat ben Gamliel was saying anything that is up to four tfachim is still a makom petur. And the rabbis say, no, once it pa- uh, that uh, anything more than, um, than uh, if it's less than three tfachim, it would be okay. But if it's three tfachim already, it's not okay. Right? So Rashi explains, and I skipped this part, but So there, there is in the channel itself a Carmelite. It, it is a Carmelite, the water. So what, what's the logic here? That the person will lower the bucket into the water. The water is actually Carmelite. Then he'll bring up the bucket and he'll rest it on the Mekompetur, the, on the permitted area. And then he'll transfer it to the Shutechit. Right, so that way he's going from a Carmelite to a Mekompetor to a Rishutechi. That should be okay, technically. Right, but now we're saying, but no, it's not really okay. Because in the case of a, a Deoraita Rishuyot, we see that Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan says that if you put something from a Rishutechi onto a Mekompetor, you can't then move it to a Rishut Arabim and vice versa. So it says that's because those are Rishuyot Deoraita. When it comes to the actual biblical domains, to move something from a Rishut Echid to a Mekompetor and then from Mekompetor to Rishut Arabim is not allowed. But here we're talking about where the person moved something from a rabbinically prohibited domain, which is the Carmelite, the canal of water, which is large enough to qualify as a Carmelite, and then moves it to the Mekompetor and then wants to move it up. To the um, to his window, so uh, there it should be okay because even the Carmelite is considered to be a uh, a a uh, only rabbinically prohibited. So you're allowed to do it then, but is that really true? The question is, but even Rabbi Yochanan doesn't doesn't buy that distinction. Actually, he himself says that even rabbinically prohibited domains, you can't use a makompetor to transfer from one to the other. Because we learned actually earlier in this Masechel, it should say, Ditnan, in the Mishnah, we learned, if you have a wall in between two chatserot, it's ten tvachim high. And it's four tvachim wide. That separates between the two chatserot, and they have to make two separate eruvei chatserot. They can't unite together. But If there's fruit on top of the wall, then the members of both uh, of each chatser can go and eat up there, but they obviously can't go from one to the other chatser because they're two separate ones. But nifratza kotel ades ramod He says if there's a break, there's a breach in the wall. So if they want to make a uh, two eruvin, they still can. If they want to join together, they can consider it a doorway and join together in one big eruv. That's up to ten amot, but. Right, so that's why it's very much more of an echad. The neshul kepetach because it's like an opening. But you'll tell me, can more than that if it's more than ten amot. So then, maravin echad and maravin shenai. Then they have to join together because once there's ten amot or more of breach in the wall, the two chatzerot become one. 
right? We asked the following question in Bar. We saw this earlier in the Masechet. What if the thickness of the wall is less than four tefachim? Because we're talking about a wall that is ten tefachim high and four tefachim thick. What if it's less than four tefachim? My Amarav Rav said, "Avir It's considered to be the possession of both of the chatzerot velo yaziz and you can't move anything on it. In other words, it's considered to be the reshut of both, and therefore a, a prohibited area. The top of the wall. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, it's not true. You can bring your lunch from Chatzir Aleph and go and eat on this wall. And you can bring your, your lunch from Chatzir Bet and go eat on the wall. Actually, it's more lenient. Not only can you eat what was already left on there before Shabbat, you can even bring things from your Chatzir onto that spot because it is Makom Petur. It is a, 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 an area which is exempt. It's not large enough to qualify as a real area. Rabbi Yochanan is following his own reasoning. Because when Rabbi Dimi came from Israel, he said in the name Like we learned, that if you have an area which is Makom Petur, it's less than the requisite amount to be defined as a domain, less than four Tfachim square, then both the members of the Rashut Rabim and the Rashut Yachid can use it. They just can't switch with each other. And here too, Rabbi Yochanan is saying that even, that each chatzer can bring its food onto the top of this wall because it's makom patur. But they can't switch with each other. And and uh, somebody from chatzer aleph cannot give his lunch to somebody from chatzer bet to take home, and so on. And what does that show you? That shows you that even though these are rabbinic constructs, the idea of two different chatzerot being two different domains is totally rabbinic. He still says you can't switch via a makom petur. And then he would also say that you can't take water from a karmelit and then bring it to rest on a makom petur and then bring it into the rishut hayachid either. Right? The answer is that that teaching was stated by Ziri, the one that said that they can come from uh, each one of the chatzerot and eat up there, but they're not allowed to switch. That was Ziri. But actually, Rabbi Yochanan himself never said that they couldn't switch. Maybe when it's only rabbinic domains involved, they could switch through the makom petor. What about this case that we've talked about of the, the, uh, the drawing of the water? That's going to be a problem for him. Rashi says, that we just said that what, how are we going to interpret what we said before that if it's less than three tvachim, three you can lower your bucket and draw water. He's going to say that that's talking about the embankment was less than three tvachim, and, st- and therefore he can draw water from the Karmelit and put it to rest on the embankment which is less than three tvachim, which is Makom Petor, and then bring it into the house. So then what's he going to do with that case? If he holds it, even when it comes to Rabbinic Rishuyot, Rabbi Yochanan says you can't play any tricks and use a Makom Petor in the middle. So Zeri will say no, that when they were talking about the three tvachim, they were talking about the body of water itself. Gufa. They were talking about that itself. In other words, therefore what? That the machloka between Rabban Shemba Gamaliel and the rabbis are, are, is about the body of water itself because the rabbis say that even a three tefach body of water is a karmelit. Not like we wanted to say up till now that everyone agrees that a karmelit is four tefachim. And the question was about a uh, about the embankment and what size that has to be to be considered a makom petur. No, we're saying that even a karmelit could be only three tzvachim according to this. For Rav Dimi, Tanaihi, and Rav Dimi, who says that a karmelit cannot be less than four tzvachim, will be the machloket Tanaim. That will be the machloket between Rabban Shabbat ben Gamliel and the Chachamim. There are a bunch of Amagamliel says you have up to four tzvachim before it's called the karmelit. And the rabbis say no. And we're actually talking about taking something directly from there into the house. And that's why the machloket uh, stands. Because according to the rabbis, 
up to three tvachim, it's still allowed. And according to Rabban Shabbat Gamliel, up to four tvachim, it's still allowed. But what about the fact that it really should be considered like chorei karmelit? It should really be considered like the extension of or the holes in a karmelit. And this is a reference to the idea of the holes of Rashut Rabim that's discussed in Masechat Shabbat, that if a person throws something and it lands in the hole in the wall, and this hole in the wall faces the Rashut Rabim. Uh, we have the concept of holes of the Rashut Rabim because those holes in the wall are really used by the members of the Rashut Rabim. So here we have a channel of water that has, bro- that has derived from a larger body of water that's definitely a Karmelit. So even if it's smaller than the size of a Karmelit, it itself should be treated like a Karmelit because it's an extension of it. So these rabbis, Abaye Baravin and Rav Chanina Baravin say, both of them, that, uh, that there's no concept of extensions, of, a, of holes of a Carmelite, so to speak, of extensions of a Carmelite. Since this specific area doesn't have the dimensions of a Carmelite, it won't be considered a Carmelite. And therefore, you'll be able to draw water directly from it on Shabbat. Even if you're going to say that there is such a thing as choring the Carmelite, that this, this derivative of the Carmelite should really be considered a Carmelite. But But that's only talking about where it's right there, it's right next to it. In other words, when you when you're talking about the hole in the wall that's facing a uh, uh, that's facing an area that is a rishut harabim, so that hole in the wall can be considered like part of the rishut harabim. And even in, in, when it comes to a karmelit, if you're talking about something that's enclosed, but it's a karpif, it's not in, it's a very large area and it's enclosed not for residential purposes, so it's only rabbinically prohibited to carry in there. We rabbinic, it's considered a karmelit. It's rabbinic concept. So there too, if there's a hole in the wall that's facing into this space of the karpef, the space of the, uh, of the residential, uh, the non-residential enclosed area. So then, again, we'll consider that chorei karmelit. We will consider that to be a, um, uh, a, a, the uh, extension of the karmelit. But here we're talking about bimufleget. We're not talking about a wall that's facing directly into the uh, karmelit space. Here we're talking about something that is, that is drawn off from the uh, from the actual Carmelite. It's like a little uh, stream that came from the Carmelite. That we're not going to say is considered a Carmelite itself. We're talking about, Ravina says, a totally different concept. We're ta- let's go back to the original discussion of ra- ra- that, that Rabbi Shabbat Gamliel and the rabbis were talking about. They weren't talking about the size of the body of water. And they also weren't talking about the... Uh, they weren't talking about the banks of the water. What they were talking about was that they made enclosures on either side. They tried to close in the water on either side by making sort of boards or whatever kind of mechitzot um, that came from either side and closed in, left obviously some opening for the water to pass through so that it could come from the outside channel and it could leave on the other side, but they closed in it as much as they could to make it considered enclosed. The question is, how much space can they leave open? According to the rabbis, as long as there's less than three tvachim of space, it's considered enclosed because they say lavud is up to three tvachim. Once the two sides, the, the boards, the panels that come from either side of the stream are more than three tvachim away, then it's considered open. But if they're closer than three tvachim, it's considered closed. Rabban Shabbat Gamliel, we know throughout the Talmud, says that lavud is up to four tvachim. So he's going to say up to four tvachim space, it's still considered enclosed as a Roshut HaYechid, actually. And this interpretation fits because we know that the rabbis and Rabban Shabbat Gamliel argue about the dimensions of Lavud uh, throughout the Shas. And that could be the interpretation here, that could be the Machloket here, whether this stream is considered enclosed since there's an opening of either three or up, up to three or up to four Tfachim 
between the two sides of the wall on either side of the stream that, uh, so is it really still considered enclosed or not?